Well, I'm excited today on so many different levels simply because it's been a while since I've actually spoken. Come on, somebody. You know, it's been incredible. Uh, a, a great, great time we had over the summer. A lot has happened. Um, so many changes, so many different things going on in our world, but all for the good. And of course, we had At The Movies, which was at a phenomenal time. And uh, so thankful for those of you that came, brought, got, brought friends, for those who served, um, did such an incredible job behind, behind the scenes making our At The Movies such a great success. And of course, Pastor Leo Bigger last week uh, was such an incredible blessing to us. And so, man, school is getting ready to start. And that's the reason reason why today we set aside this day because I believe there is no greater opportunity for us as a church to come alongside and help encourage, inspire, uh, really set our next generation up for success. And so today, Man Alive, this topic is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, just curious, how many of you are parents? Let me see your hands. How many of you are parents? How many of you are grandparents? Come on, we only got three grandparents, four grandparents? Really? Man, we're a bunch of young people, aren't we? Well, I'm having my first grandbaby. Come on, somebody. Man, we're having our first grandchild in two months. And so I'll hold my hand up on that one. Hey, we're excited because I believe with all of my heart that when it comes to raising children, when it comes to um, encouraging, walking alongside the next generation, we have an, an amazing opportunity to put our thumbprint on the next generation for the good. And I'm talking about a spiritual thumbprint, a spiritual ID that they need to be equipped with. And today, I want to just take a few moments and I'm going to share what I consider to be a brief message. But I want most importantly for you to hear the most powerful message and today, in a few minutes, you're going to hear from some of our students. I've uh, handpicked a few students uh, to serve as a panel, and we're going to be hearing directly from them. But I know that anytime we start thinking about and talking about the next generation, specifically maybe if you are the parent of a middle school or a high school student, maybe those that are getting ready to go off into college, you know, for a lot of parents, it's a very challenging, and in some ways, many for many parents, it's an intimidating season when you're in the process of raising children, raising specifically those preteens and teenagers. And I think for one of the reasons why it can be intimidating, sometimes maybe the feelings of inadequacy take over in the hearts of a lot of parents is simply because when our kids enter into those teenage years, man, there's a lot of change that happens in their lives, right? And not only are they changing physically, man, the voice starts changing, you know, hormones start kicking in, man, it's just a massive change. So they're changing, obviously, physically, they're changing mentally, they're changing emotionally, they're changing socially, they're changing, ready for this, sexually, they are changing spiritually. There's a lot of change going on. Can I get an amen? <laughs> There's a lot of change that takes place. And that's the reason why I think, again, for a lot of parents, they see, especially those teenage years, to be a daunting season. They see it to be, in many ways, a, a, a season 
that they dread. And I think one of the reasons for that is because, once again, because of all the change that takes place among so many of our students. But with that change, another form of tension comes the freedom that comes with that. Because not only are they changing in all these different ways and dynamics, but at the same time there is that change that happens because now as they're coming of age, they're starting to, to now grow on so many different levels. They are no longer as dependent upon mom and dad because they are now in the quest of becoming more independent for themselves. And once again, their lives change. Once again, there is a sense of tension. Because with that change from dependence to that independence, from their perspective, they're free to make choices, right? And they're free to choose friends. They're, cho they're free to, to choose where they go and what they do. They're, they're free to choose the music they listen to or the things that they're exposed to. They're, they're ch listen, they are free to choose a lot of things in their lives that you as a parent may not like. You may not approve. You may disagree. But at the end of the day, it is a change that must take place. And because of that freedom... We have to come alongside and help equip them and guide them so that those choices they make are God-honoring choices. And that is a challenge. But here's one of the things that I want to share with you today about today's generation of you. The CDC reports that one-third of the world's population is now made up of what is referred to as Generation Z. Gen Z, for those of you who may not be as familiar with who I'm talking about, because I think sometimes Gen Z gets a little confused, or they just kind of get thrown in with what is often referred to as the millennials. I hear it all the time, adults will be talking about the millennials, and they're thinking, their mind, they're referring to teenagers, but they're not referring to teenagers. They're referring to Gen Z. Gen Z is different than millennials. Gen Z are those who are born basically starting of the year of 1997 to our current year. 43 million young people between the ages of 10 and 19 years of age are currently living in America. Gen Z makes up 40% of our nation's consumers. They are the most diverse generation in history. And they are on track to becoming the most educated generation in history. And what happens a lot of times is that when we hear the phrase, and I hear, and I'm guilty of saying this at times, the next generation, we always think about this futuristic generation of people. But here's the thing that I want to kind of shift, if we will, Today, especially in our conversation we're going to have currently with our students, here in a few minutes with our students, I don't really look at the next generation as something that takes place in the future. I see the next generation more as the now generation. In fact, I believe today's generation of youth has more potential than perhaps any other generation that's ever existed why because of technology and with technology yes there are evils but with technology also is the acceleration and the advancement of the good news of Jesus Christ and therefore the generation now 
I believe God wants to use in an incredible way to reach their peers with the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. But in light of their potential, their generation, Gen Z, is often a generation that walks every day and lives every day with a lot of pain and struggles. You say, why is that? I think if anything, and I'm not blaming it all on COVID, I do believe that the breakup of our American family has had a profound effect on this generation. But COVID, the pandemic, accelerated so much of the pain and challenges that our current young people today are facing. Pew Research reports this, that 40% of U.S. parents with children under the age of 18 say that they are extremely worried that their children might struggle with anxiety or depression at some point. Mental health concerns among parents top the list of their worries, followed by 35% who are concerned that their children are being bullied. The CDC reports that 60, 60%, that there is a 60% increase over the last 10 years, over the past decade, of high school girls considering or planning suicide or experiencing high levels of sadness. And over the last 10 years, 42% of high school students report persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. And here's what breaks my heart. As a pastor, only 4% of Generation Z claims to have a biblical world view. Not even half of our young people, 46%, state that their religious faith is very important to their lives. But here's what I know to be true. I personally believe with all of my heart that now more than ever, our current generation, Gen Z, is also a generation that is spiritually seeking. A generation that is spiritually hungry. And a generation that is longing to experience and to sense a move of God in their lives, in our culture, and in our world. And I had the opportunity literally last week to witness something that was such an incredible inspiration broaden my vision. In fact, my wife, Michelle, and some of our staff, uh, we were at a conference in Birmingham, Alabama. And we happened to stay over. Michelle and I actually stayed over uh, an extra day because we got the opportunity to see our oldest daughter and her husband, along with some of their team, lead a weekend experience with 14,000 students, sold out capacity crowd in what would be referred to as their Amway Center there in Birmingham, Alabama, where you saw young people, middle school, high school, and college-age students who were worshiping God, who were literally crying out for God to see God invade their cities and invade their schools. And I'm believing that if God can do that in Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama, how much more can God do that in Orlando, Florida? How much more, listen, does God want to use the next generation right here at Rethink Life Church to turn their school campuses right side up 
for Jesus Christ. Because I believe it is a generation that longs to know God and experience God and wants to be used of God to fulfill their purposes for this day and age. And so with that, man, I am encouraged and I am super excited for what God wants to do in and through generation now. And I love this verse of scripture. It's found in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. And again, Acts 2 marks a pivotal transition in our time and age of, of really the, what is referred to as the birth of the church. Because up until this point, followers of Jesus were those who were obviously walking with Jesus, those who had encountered Jesus, but on this day, the followers of Jesus became one and a massive force. And Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, had stood up on this day known as the day of Pentecost. And what's awesome is that some 5,000 plus people gathered, but on that day, some 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And one of the things that took place, not only was the church birthed out of Peter's message, but one of the things that Peter said in his message were, were these words. He said, in the last days, what he was referring to as the last days, you've got to understand that the Bible, here, here, here's the Bible in a nutshell. Jesus, Jesus is coming, Jesus came, and Jesus is coming again. That's the Bible in a nutshell. Jesus is coming, Jesus came, and Jesus is coming again. So what you've got to understand is that in this moment, as Peter stood up and proclaimed the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, he was referring to the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Jesus had already come. Jesus had already died. Jesus had already been raised back to life. And Jesus had already ascended into heaven to go back to be with the Father. And so when Peter stood up and said, in the last days, what, is, what he was referring to was the actual days between Jesus' first coming and the day that is still yet to come, and that is Jesus' coming again. And so we got to understand that we, I believe, are on the brink of those last days where Jesus is coming again. He's coming for you. He's coming for me. Those of us who know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus, man, the Bible says he's going to come like the thief in the night. He's going to come in the twinkling of an eye. Listen, we are in the last days, people. Do you believe that? And what we got to understand is that we cannot just wait and sit back and be idle. We have a job to do, and that is to win people to, to the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, the good news. And God wants to raise up a generation that I believe, generation now, that God is going to use to do something profound that's going to, I believe, usher in something significant. Did you know that every major work of God, movement of God, and spiritual revival throughout history has occurred among young people? They usually begin among students, among college campuses oftentimes, where young people are gathering together, and through those gatherings, all of a sudden, spiritual awakening and spiritual movements are birthed. 
And I believe we're getting ready to see much of that again. Again, that is beginning to manifest itself through the hunger of so many of our youth. So how do we, as parents, how do we go about helping them? Well, in Acts 2, verses 17 and 18, it says, In the last days, Peter said, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. And they will prophesy. You say, what does all that mean? Prophecy, listen to this. Prophecy is simply to proclaim the message of God. So therefore, to prophesy is a man, a woman, a son, a daughter, who is standing up prophesying from a message of God, a divine revelation that is communicating the message of God to their generation. And I believe God wants to use this generation of young people now more than ever, not only to receive a message of God, but to proclaim the message of God, whether it's in their workplace, on their school campuses, or wherever it may be. So what is our job as parents? Two things. Number one, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to jot these down. As parents, as a grandparent, the greatest single thing that we could do is this. Number one is to equip them. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Dedicate your children. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Dedicate your children to athletics. Do you read that? Dedicate your children to athletics. No, 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 no. It doesn't say that. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up. Dedicate your children to the arts. Doesn't it say that, right? No, it says train up. Dedicate your children to academics. That's it, right? No, no, no. What, did, what does the scripture say? Proverbs 22, 6. Dedicate your children to who? To God. And point them in the way that they should go. And the values that, they, that they've learned from you as mom and dad, grandparents, will be with them for life. Barna Research did an did exhaustive study here recently. And here's what they discovered. One out of five parents believe that they are not doing a good job training their children morally and spiritually. In fact, after using 15 different parental indicators, parents rank their efforts of morality and spirituality at the bottom of the list. In other words, not only do they feel inadequate, but because so much emphasis was being placed on the academics and the arts and the athletics, spirituality and more morality has kind of fallen to the bottom of the list of priorities. And that's the reason why, as parents, we've got to dedicate. We've got to dedicate and consecrate our homes, listen, our marriages, our families to God and God alone. That's the reason why next week, Listen, we're doing a brand new series on worship. We're going to take worship for the rest of the month. And listen, we are going to learn what the Bible says on how we can win the war on worship. Because we, whether we realize it or not, listen, we are fighting a spiritual battle. And we must continue to win the battle for our worship. 
So with that, we've got to equip them. You say, how do we equip them? Number one, through modeling. Abraham Lincoln said it this way, there is but one way to train up a child in the way he should go, and that is to travel it yourself. It's so important that as parents, we learn to be a good example, to be that role model that is worth following. Let me put it to you this way. A good example is more important, I think you would agree with this, than a thousand sermons, right? I like what my friend Josh McDowell says. He said, you can fool a fool, you can con a con, but you can't kid a kid. Actions actually speak louder than words. So we got to equip them through modeling, but we also have to equip them through management. We have to point them point them in the right direction. We've got to train them. We've got to teach them. And the, that's the reason why it says in the way that they, sh- they should go. Part of managing is also having discernment and wisdom and knowing how to guide them and train them and direct them according to their bent, according to their gifting, according to their areas of passion, according to the unique personality and temperament that God has uniquely given them. And we equip them also through memories. You say memories. What do you mean? Memories are more important than things. It says in Psalm 78 to talk about the things of God. Talk about the stories of God from generation to generation. I would encourage you to read Psalm 78 as a parent, as a grandparent, at your leisure. And the reason why that's so important, because it talks about four generations of storytelling of the things of God, the acts of God, the experiences of God. Why? So that the generations don't forget the ways of God. It's the reason why Michelle and I are so big on something we call a a weekly check-in. You say, what is a weekly check-in? A weekly check-in is when a family gathers together and they do multiple things in the midst of that family check-in. One of those things is simply prayer. We talk about five P's that you can pray as a family. Pray every day. Just pray over your family. Pray over your kids. We talk about the importance of what what we often refer to as the highs and lows. You probably played the high and low game. You know, what was the win for the week? What was the challenge? What was the disappointment for the week? It's an opportunity to hear them talk. We talk about calendaring, getting on the same page. So that everybody knows what, the, what, what each other is doing and the responsibilities that we have. It's the right hand and the left hand all working together in unity as a family. We talk about vision casting. Why is that so important? Because once again, it's a reminder, hey, this is who God is to us as a family. This is where we are going as a family. This is the direction we are moving as a family to be the family that God has called us to be. And a part of that is storytelling. You know why? Because when you allow those moments to occur in your home, it gives you the opportunity to tell stories of what God is doing in your life, or how God is answering prayer, or allowing God to speak to your heart in ways to where now all of a sudden you're able to sense 
the work of God. You're able to hear the move of God and the works of God. You're able to affirm the power of God. And all of a sudden, now the Bible says, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. What are they remembering? They, re- they are remembering the acts and the moves and the experiences of God that they grew up with in their home. So vitally important. So we got to equip them. But secondly, we also have to empower them. I love the fact that today, not only are students looking for purpose and meaning and identity in their lives, but man, we're better to experience that than the church, amen? That's the reason why today it was such a joy to be able to, man, to see Madison up here as a teenager who is just killing it on the drums. Come on, man alive. To see Naomi up here as a student up here leading us in worship and, and singing and using her gifts in that way. Seeing a young man by the name of Stephen on the lights in the back. Ryan helping on the setup side. And, 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 and so many of our students literally behind scenes being used of God to do incredible things. Why is that? Because it's a part of not only equipping, but it's a part of empowering and releasing the next generation to be used of God. To use their passions, to use their gifts and their abilities through the church. So that the church can be healthier, better, and stronger. And generation next can be generation now to make an even greater impact. And so listen, these are things that we must value. I love what 1 Timothy 4.12, Paul the Apostle said to 1 Timothy, excuse me, said to his protege, to his mentee named Timothy. He said it this way. He said, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. But instead, be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Paul was actually reminding Timothy that, hey, maturity is not about age. Maturity is about character. And he was saying, hey, let your lifestyle, let your example be a witness to everyone around you by the way you live. No wonder God used Timothy in such a powerful way. He's the one who helped manage, and he, he was an overseer of multiple churches, churches that the Apostle Paul had helped establish. So in order to equip them, in order to empower them, which we're all about here at Rethink Life, we got to understand them. You see, we can't be effective in equipping them and empowering them unless we do some things to fully enter into their world. You know what the scripture says? It says it this way, Philippians 2, 4. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. I love what the scripture says in James 1.9. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Isn't it interesting? God gave us two ears and one mouth. And rather than us always correcting always doing things that maybe are from our perspective trying to help them and I get it I understand as a parent there's a balance here but at the same time with that form of 
direction and guidance and equipping with the discipline that goes with that and the limits that we place on certain things also comes the unconditional love where we listen we stop and we not just actually hear what they're saying but we listen intently to what's going on in their world so i want us today to hear from their world i want us today to hear from their hearts i want us today to learn from them about really what's truly going on in their world with the challenges that they face. So I've asked some of our students to come and join me for the rest of our time together here on stage. And it's going to be an incredible, incredible time. Because I have some questions that I want to share with them that I would be safe to say are probably on the minds and hearts of a lot of other uh, parents and grandparents as it relates to what's going on in our young people's lives and in their world. So this is Ryan. Yeah, y'all sit where we said earlier, this is Ryan and Madison and Emma and Aiden and Stephen and Naomi and Aaliyah. Can you guys give them a round of applause today? And thank them for really just being courageous and taking this important step to help us better understand what's going on in their world. So I'm going to sit up here with you guys. Can I do that? All right, Aiden, you're the man. By the way, Aiden, he was also one of our guys up here today early. He and his dad and so, several others up here helping set up behind the scenes. And so amazing, amazing. I love the fact that, that parents uh, serve together, worship together. Man, what an incredible, incredible testimony. So one of the things that I want to do today, and, and again, uh, this is not some scripted thing where I wrote something out to them and said, hey, say this, okay? This is coming from their hearts. And so I'm going to ask all of you to, to share, speak up so everybody can hear, and, um, and share really just what you feel um, as it relates to some of the things that is going on in your world and in your generation. And uh, one of the things I want to really just ask you first and foremost is, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges or perhaps one of the greatest uh, temptations that maybe your generation is currently facing right now? Y'all can share mics, okay? By the way, we got one middle, middle schooler up here, and he's like, man, I want the mic. So, all right, Ryan. Ryan, get it. Um, I think... Peer pressure is a big challenge that people my age or older have to face throughout school. And this peer pressure for a lot of things is to vape, you get it from, or consume pornography or stuff like that. And it all really, it, you can get it from all sorts of media, anything. And peer pressure. Absolutely, that's a huge one, absolutely. Thank you for sharing, Ryan. Yeah, going off what he's saying, peer pressure is definitely a pretty high one up there. It's really hard for certain kids, certain people to control what their thoughts are so that they stay in line and kind of stay in the straight and narrow. But obviously, you, sometimes you slip up, you make mistakes, but 
you always have to come back to God's word and try to go back to where he is and try to stay with it because it's all you can do. Life is mistakes and you just kind of have to, you'll fall off once in a while, but you have to come back and know that he will always be there to accept you and just know that you make, you can make mistakes, but he will forgive you. That's right. It's going to be our next preacher right here. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I think today our students, um, from my experience in both middle school and high school, we feel isolated and we feel overwhelmed. And largely that's due to a couple factors. Um, social media itself, just from the way it's designed, is really designed to be isolating. Um, it's designed to keep you stagnant. It's designed, the media is designed to be addictive and force you to be distracted all the time. And it's very harmful to our youth today. There's not a lot of face-to-face -face interaction. And it's overwhelming, the media aspect, as Ryan touched on, you know, things like pornography, um, even drug use, getting access to drugs is more e easy through social media. Um, and the COVID-19 pandemic, as uh, Pastor Rodney had mentioned before, um, it was just a complete shutdown of our social interactions. And when we came out of it, all of the effects of social media just amplified 10 times over. And I mean, just in January this year, um, half of my class was still wearing masks. And so one time I just spoke up and asked somebody, hey, you know, I mean, to my knowledge, the pandemic is mostly gone, its effects. Uh, why are we still wearing masks around now, like this year? And nobody spoke up because a social interaction problem. And I think that's the biggest difficulty. There's isolation, whether it be from peer pressure, social media, all these things. We're, we're really afraid. We're fearful of judgment and fearful of speaking up today. Thank you, Stephen. I, uh, <coughs> I ran across a statistic the other day that was staggering. It says teenagers spend seven hours and 22 minutes per day in front of a screen. That equates to 43% of a teenager's waking hours. And I'd be safe to say that's probably pretty true even among adults that so much of our world is right here on our, in our face as far as a screen. And with the wonderful advantages and benefits the screens can give us, it also opens a door to so much destructive forces and peer pressure and things that obviously isolate and cause so many challenges. I'd like to know, another question is, what are some of the greatest fears that you think your generation has you know, when you think about the future, what are some of the fears that, that your generation faces right now? Hear from some of the ladies. <laughs> well, I know for my generation, I'm going into my senior year, a lot of people I've talked to are just scared of growing up. We're not ready. Like, we feel like we're not ready, even though we are. And it's hard for us just to think about the future, because I know I have a lot of friends who also struggle with mental health. They didn't think they were going to be here. And so that they're here and now they're going out, we don't know what to do, we're confused. And so like having people help us, we're just scared. We need our parents, we need everyone to help us because we don't know what we're doing. And that's just a big fear we all have, it's just growing up. Thank you for sharing that, Madison. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else wanna comment or elaborate on that? Let me, uh, you got something you wanna share? All right, here comes our preacher man right here. Yeah, going off what she's saying, it's very hard for us to wrap our mind around the fact that 
some of us are coming up on our senior year. Both of them are on their senior year. I'm on my sophomore year. Ryan's about to go to high school in, what, two years now? Is that next year? It's, yeah, it's crazy. So it's just, it's just crazy to think of how fast time's flying because obviously with COVID, it felt like it brought us to a halt real fast and just time kind of just stopped. And like, we didn't really kind of calculate that in our own steps and of our brains because we didn't do anything. We sat, we were locked in our houses. So the fact that we were stuck in one location and not doing things like we normally do, our time wouldn't go with that. So now we're just kind of like trying to picture like, dang, we lost two, three years from just captivity for that. It's an interesting perspective, isn't it? You think about so much, you know, was lost, you know, you know, certain dreams, goals, aspirations that so many had, many who didn't get to have proms or get to have normal celebrations or things that were, you know, that most people look forward to. So much of that was, you know, because of COVID, they didn't get to experience a lot of those things. And so it did have had a huge impact. Let me ask another quick question, and that is related to your parents. I'd like to know, just from your perspective, what are some things that parents can do just to help along the lines of some of these challenges, fears, just some of the things that you guys are facing, especially with your generation. What do you think some practical, helpful things that parents can do to help in these ways? Anybody want to share? Yeah. Um, I think it's to be that guiding light that'll show you the right path. But when, when or if you make a mistake, They'll be there to help you learn and bounce back from those mistakes that you make. And That's awesome, buddy. All right. This is Emma. Emma, won't you share? Or Emmy, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, personally, my parents have shown me just the right way with God and spirituality. And that's helped a lot in middle school, but obviously going off of COVID, um, we were so isolated and we're just searching for a community and we're just finding that through social media, which my dad says mental media because it messes with your head. You see all these lies, fake bodies, fake lives, fake just lies. And we're just searching for a community and we're just lost. And my advice for parents just to be understand that we're lost and searching for something and just get us into something that we truly love. Like if it's the arts, academics, athletics, whatever it is, just get us into something so we have friends and something to vent out. Mm, that's so good. Thank you, Emmy, for sharing that. Yeah, Aaliyah? Um, you know, going off what Emmy said, like I think one thing parents should do is to just try to connect your child whether it be like through the church or through the school or something to give your child some sort of like group and community that they will be able to like evolve. I think, you know, spiritual groups, like my mom, I think the best thing she ever did for me was make me go to like, um, what's it called? Student Cafe with Mrs. Dunn. Like that, I met like some of my greatest friends from there. Like I just, you know, when you connect yourself with people with similar interests and similar spiritual beliefs, it really, it really does help, you know. 
even if your kid doesn't want to go, make them go. Like, at least once or twice, because <laughs> I didn't want to go, and now it's like, it's great. So. so great. That's so great. Well, one last thing here before we wrap up our time, and we're going to take a moment here, and we're going to pray over all of our students and our teachers. But I would like to just ask the question, how important is your faith to your everyday life? In light of all the things that you just talked about that, you know, concerning your fears, the challenges that your generation faces, and, you know, we hear a lot of negativity from, and I shared even some of those statistics earlier, like only 4% of your generation supposedly even has a biblical worldview. What that, you know, not to insult anybody's intelligence, but basically when we see the world and we see all the events taking place within the world, are we seeing it as just circumstantial, or we, do we actually see it through the lens of God's Word, the Bible? And only 4% of your generation says that they only see it from a biblical perspective. And that's scary to me, to know that so many of them are trying to live their life apart from God. But how important is your relationship with the Lord, and how does it impact your everyday life? Um, for me, my faith is like a really big deal every day because sometimes like I feel super overwhelmed, whether it be with school, friends, or whatever, but it's just nice to like take a step back and realize that all this is temporary, so I don't need to freak out or lose my mind, and that God always has my back, and this isn't my permanent home, so yeah. So good, so good. Anybody else, Steven? From everything that we had talked about before, um, all the fears that we face, there's a huge fear of judgment that our generation has, and that's natural from the amount of isolation we've had. And so the biggest change, my, my spiritual growth really um, shot off in the air when I was able to take advantage and understand the importance of praying, specifically praying in private. And the ability, to, you know, we can pray in public and build the relationship with God and in the spirit of others, but it's so tremendously important to students to have a connection with someone. Obviously, the community is incredibly important, but also a connection with our creator. That is tremendously important because there's, there's so much guilt, there's so much um, that we hold on every day from all the things that we go, go through, and that fear of judgment prevents a lot of students from speaking up about it. And so it's important to get in that small group environment, and it's also important on your own. Um, if you can, as parents can take this role to, uh, because my parents did, especially my sister, who was on the keys earlier, she was rocking it out. She also, she, uh, <laughs> yeah. she, she led me to praying privately, and praying on my own every night before I go to sleep, and really understanding and being conscious, as Pastor Rodney says, being intentional about what you do each day and how God is working through your life and how powerful he is. When you take advantage of prayer, you understand those things so much clearly. And I think every generation needs to do it, but especially our youth. It's tremendously important for them to do that. So. Pastor Steven. Yeah, going off in with what Steven's saying, when COVID hit, we obviously the church kind of closed down for a little bit. So when I got word from some old friends of mine that they had a church. It was a little bit away, it was about an hour away or so. But they were like, you should come over. And it was 
but it's not because you can, because they still did, they still had church and like they had a they had a youth where everyone could talk, like talk, communicate, and just kind of open up to each other in a religious point. Because obviously, with school and how the school system is, they don't really allow biblical or religious anything anymore. They pretty much cut it off at like even saying God bless you sometimes some teachers will get offended and stuff but it's like when you can find a group of like a group of people that you can do God with and share God with it helps tremendously it's it's crazy how how in depth you can get and how much how much more peace you can be with the Lord if you have a a, a, a certain group of like people you can talk to communicate and like work life through with just crazy to think of yeah you can be one person but when you have four five six people it's crazy how much you can get done how much more peace and relaxed you can be with yourself and more calm and like relaxed to be with the lord yeah well we're better together we're stronger together and that's the reason why that sense of community is so important is that we need each other. We can't do life alone. We hear that, we say that a lot, but it's not a cliche. It's a fact. It's true. We need each other. Well, I don't know about you, but man, I'm so proud of these students. Can you do me a favor and thank them for sharing? We want to have a word of prayer for you all, and I'm going to invite you, if you would, to make your way down here to the front, and I'm going to invite any other student, if we have other middle school, high school, uh, even college students that are getting ready to, to head off to school, um, listen, we would invite all of our kids, if they would, just to join us down front. And I want to invite all teachers, if you are a teacher, a coach, anybody who is working in our school systems, I want to invite you as well to come and stand and join with these students. And we're going to take just a moment, we're going to pray over them. So would you uh, go ahead, let's all just stand to our feet and we're going to invite our students at this time to make their way down here to the front. And we're going to take just a moment, we're going to pray with them and pray over them. And um, I'm going to invite Jen Downey to join me real quick. And uh, as they are making their way, all students, I want y'all just to come and stand right down here, all uh, teachers, if you would, come and stand and join me, yeah, give them a round of applause as they're coming, and I want to introduce somebody to you today as well, this is Jennifer Downey, her and her husband Steve are just all-stars here at our church, they are dream teamers, they are not on staff, they are volunteers, just ordinary people, but because of their heart for family, their heart for the next generation, her husband Steve is in our Life Kids area as we speak, who is helping give leadership, being a positive role model from a male perspective, investing his life and his time in the next generation. He has a heart for kids. And so... Man alive, I could not tell this family enough how grateful I am. Jen does the same thing. She, as a volunteer, has single-handedly, along with a few others, have give, given oversight 
to something we birthed this past spring called our Student Cafe. She's also been helping facilitate and host uh, one of our life groups designed for um, our, uh, our students, our middle school and high school students. And I wanted you to put a face and a name with Jen. Jen, tell us, you're a school teacher. Where? Tell us what school you're at. Well, good morning, and I am so extremely proud of those students. They were amazing. I, I teach at Harmony Middle School. I am a seventh grade math teacher starting year 20. Year 20, I know. Super exciting. Um, so I'm in the trenches with your students every single day. Everything they say, I hear, I live, I battle, I overcome. Um, it is a huge job that I am like so honored to have. And so I'm, I'm that. Um, I'm a mother of three, so Madison is my daughter who is on stage with the drums. I also have Riley who serves in Life Kids. And I just wanna like take a minute to honor all the students in Life Kids. Um, they're not in here, but you're, your kids are being taken care of by students who have committed to serve the Lord through Life Kids. So, um, so proud. Yes, you have student Life Kids. Emmy, I know. Aaliyah serves in Life Kids, um, also serving that now generation. Um, so, yeah, and I also have a 28 year old. So, I have raised one who is independent and, and doing a great job. Yes, I'm old enough to have a 28 year old. Um, but I do this because um, if God is not in it, it is really not happening. So I love my sixth day of teaching when I get to come here and talk Jesus. I don't get to do that in a public school. I can't talk Jesus. I just have to be Jesus, which is amazing. And I uh, have big plans for Harmony Middle to build community groups there as well. Um, and just building that community, as you heard the students say, is so very important for us to get connected again and um, to connect with God and with each other. So. Thank you so much for all you do, Jen. I'm going to invite you, if you would, to make your way down here and join these others. And I want to say something um, as she's making her way down before we pray. We're getting ready to relaunch our student cafe. And we're going to be launching it on the 27th of this month. And under the condition, under the condition some men and some women from this church steps up and steps into the opportunity to help. It's not realistic, nor is it healthy, nor is it sustainable, and quite frankly, nor is it biblical for one person or two, two people to do everything. It's just not. It's not biblical. I want to challenge you. We have a slogan here. Let's do great things together. So I just want to encourage you to put the togetherness aspect into it. And that is, as a parent, maybe you're college students. Listen, single adult. We can all be a part. They are longing for community. They're longing for connectedness. But at the same time, they want guidance, they want encouragement, they want support. And who better to get that from than the mentors, the encouragers from our church family. And so whether that's opening up your home, that's helping lead and maybe host a small group. We want to have small groups all over Lake Nona, St. Cloud, I mean, Harmony, 
wherever, pick a spot. We want to have a group that's gathering together with middle school and high school students under the umbrella of Rethink Life Church. And I just want to encourage you as a church family, today you're going to have the opportunity to go out into the lobby, and I want to encourage you to stop by the student banner, and I want you to go to Jen Downey and say, how can I help? Where can I serve? Where do you need me? We are committed to this. And if you're not committed, then don't stop by the tent. But I'm asking those of you to pray and say, God, what can I do? How can I help? And that might just be leading a small group twice a month, hosting a small group twice a month. It might be helping in our student cafe, whether it's bringing refreshments or just being there to help encourage or to whatever your gift or whatever your area of interest or passion might be. We can all do something. Because as you can see, there's more of them than there are of, of just a handful. And so let's be who God has called us to be as a church for generation now. Amen? So would you join me in prayer? Let's pray over our students and pr pray over our, our teachers today. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray over these students. I pray over our families. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, as they get ready to go back to school, for some on Wednesday, for most it's on Thursday, as they go back into their schools, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, that your power would go with them. Lord, that you would use them in a mighty way, Lord, to be a beacon of hope and light to their generation on their school campuses. I pray your abiding presence, Lord, would go with them. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that your protection would be over their lives. Lord, we know that no weapon formed against them will prosper in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that, Lord, that their shield of faith, their helmet of salvation, their breastplate of righteousness, the shoes, of the sandals of the gospel of Jesus, Lord, Lord, the, all of the fiery arrows of the evil one that's going to come against them, Lord, they will be able to stand firm and stand strong. So we pray for your divine protection over their lives. Lord, we pray for your perfect peace to guard their hearts and their minds in every realm. Lord, over fear, worry, stress, anxiety, all of the things, Lord, that we know the enemy wants to use. Lord, we pray for victory over their lives. Lord, we pray you give them the desires of their hearts. Lord, we know as Jeremiah teaches us, that Lord, that you have a future and a hope for every one of them. And so, Lord, we stand on your promises. Lord, we pray for these teachers, Lord, who have given of, given, given of themselves. They've invested their lives, their careers into helping the next generation. Lord, bless them. We pray these same things over them, God, in Jesus' name, that you'd use them, even though, even though there may be limitations or things they can't say or things they can't do. Lord, I pray that the light of Jesus Christ would shine radiantly and beautifully and boldly, brightly through every teacher in every classroom. We pray for your divine protection over them. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do. May this be a movement, Lord, that you begin in our hearts today. Lord, as we sow and as we invest into the next generation, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen.